Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. That's great. Any other Mexicans in the house? Oh, yes, thank God. I'm always looking for the exit if I don't hear a single person. And why am I not wearing the condom? Hold on. It's not usually my job. I'll tell you what was my job. I am a former prostitute. How y'all doing? I already asked that, but. I worked on being pretty my whole life. I didn't have to be too smart. Damn. Not a single response, that's fine. I'm not offended. So I'm trying to date, and dating after sex work is hard. I actually had an easier time getting guys to pay for it. I'm on Tinder, and one guy responded to me with a picture of his dog. I don't know what he was into, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't me. I date pretty much anybody who's masculine. As long as you're throwing bone, I'm for it, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you earn that name, I'll call it to you. <laughs> I do have an old saying, you might have heard it. Um, I like my men like I like my coffee. Quite! Yeah! <laughs> I'm just kidding, I prefer boba tea. <laughs> Those little balls are so much fun. <laughs> Balls. Less screaming when you get them stuck in your teeth. <laughs> I think that's when you have a bigger bang. At least you liked it. Hey, <laughs> right, that's about three minutes. Oh, you got one minute left? Oh, damn. I should give you men more credit. <laughs> Back at it. I don't know if y'all know, but we at the network and for the podcast, we're on a little break over the holidays. And um, before that, I was like already on my own break. And uh, so this is the first episode that I've recorded personally um, in, I don't know, a month and a half. Even though I was on break, I was still kind of recording. It's really hard for me to take breaks. Um, but yeah, this is the first episode I've recorded in about a month and a half. Um, the date today is January 27th. You'll be hearing this episode in March. Um, and you know, the last three months have been really super intense for me. Um, I would say specifically the last month, um, you know, starting on New Year's Eve, um, lots of like, well, first of all, COVID. I mean, oh my God, COVID just kind of swept through the globe. 
these last couple of months and I myself got COVID. Um, I got COVID, my mother got COVID and my partner got COVID. Um, and, uh, and then my grandmother passed away while we all had COVID. <laughs> um, very difficult to tell whether or not she had it herself or not, but there was definitely, um, you know, there, I was basically the main caretaker during that time. And, uh, it was, it was really intense. It was a really intense time to be sick and also taking care of someone who, um, was in the process of passing. But, um, you know, I, during that time, I thought about all of the amazing people that I know, and that includes a lot of you listening right now. And I drew strength from my siblings from all different corners of the world. And, um, and I got some really like timely, beautiful messages from other fellow sex workers who actually had no idea what I was going through. Um, and I just thought, you know, that was really special. And I just am continuously grateful to know all of you and, and to be able to, um, learn more about you and, and connect. And, um, even though it was a really hard time, um, you know, I'm okay and, and everything is okay. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to share a little bit about what's been going on with me. And if you're following any of my personal accounts on social media, you'll notice that I haven't been posting about anything. Um, and the only real posting and um, regular communication that I'm currently doing is via the Yes, a Stripper podcast Instagram account. So um, if you have anything important <laughs> that you want to get to me or ask me about, um, you can DM me at the Yes, a Stripper podcast Instagram account because I'm, um, I don't know, social media has been totally, totally stressing me out. Um, and, uh, you know, I won't get too much into it right now, but, um, I just prefer to not be on it at the moment. And I don't know for how long that's going to be, but I am in the Yes, a Stripper podcast, Instagram account fairly regularly. So you can find me there. Um, I'm really excited about today's guest. Um, they reached out to me on Instagram, which by the way, you can always do that. You can, if you're interested in being on the show and sharing your story, you can always reach out and, and ask. Um, and so she reached out to me and, um, you know, we kind of went back and forth a little bit and we had a meet and greet meeting and, uh, Seder Gray, who is our guest today, uh, is very unique, like all of us. Right. But she is a comedian that talks very openly and freely about her sex worker past on stage as a comedian and sometimes in her eight inch heels. So, uh, it's, a it's just a, it's, it's an interesting look at a new, like a medium of how we talk about sex work. I mean, it's, it's scary enough for me anyways, I'm speaking personally for me to talk about sex work with just anybody at any given time, um, standing up on a stage in front of, well, first of all, doing comedy absolutely terrifies me. So, um, so I would already, even if I had written non-sex work jokes, I would be shaking in my boots, but, um, yeah, I just, 
think that it's awesome. I just think that it's awesome that we have comedians that are talking about um, what it's like to be a sex worker on stage and to hopefully um, raise more awareness with different types of audiences. So um, I can't wait for you to listen to this interview. So I am going to shut my mouth and we're going to switch on over to talk to Seder Gray and learn all about her today. Thanks. Hello, everyone. AMD here. Happy to project my voice into your ears. Um, we have a very exciting guest today, someone who is new to me. So I'm super stoked, looking forward to getting to know more and to share with all of you. But as always, before we do so, I just want to remind you that currently we're a funder, a listener funded podcast. Um, and if you like this podcast, please feel free to donate to said podcasts and that helps pay for our hosts to do their work and for guests to join us here on this show. So if you want to donate, you can go to paypal.me forward slash yes, a stripper podcast or visit yes, a stripper podcast.com and you'll find buttons to all kinds of crap on there. So um, let's jump right into it. I'm very excited to introduce today's guest, Seder. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Hey, how's it going? Happy to be here. Pretty good. Things are pretty good today. How are you? How's your day? Yeah, it's uh, my day is full. I'm not going to complain. I enjoy full days. Right on. You like to be busy? I do. I enjoy being busy. And even when I don't have, say, a schedule busyness, I try to remain busy by uh, reading and staying up on things. Nice. Like current events or history or... Yes, a lot of history, a lot of ancestral stuff, but also um, I like to see where women are in the world. Nice. I want to, I'm curious about that, but before we like get full on launched here, uh, would you mind telling us the, your pronouns? Yeah, sure. Hey, I'm Seder. I'm femme. Femme is all pronouns because uh, being feminine is not limited to a gender. So call me as you like. I even enjoy it when I get called he because it's with a lot of people's heads so uh she they he all of them are equal to me wonderful thank you so much for that explanation so what did you mean when you said i like to see where women are what do you mean by that um i just like to see uh make sure that we're not losing the few rights that we have uh making sure that we are still protected wherever we can be um being a former sex worker it's super important that um we are not limited walk in this world you know so i just try to see where we're at and see how i can get involved and yeah i use my own platform to project that voice nice yeah i mean there's so much going on with um abortion rights right now i it makes my head spin um mm -hmm. yeah i'm assuming that's is that one of the things that you're staying absolutely up to date on absolutely yeah i'm a person um i'm I get up and I say this in person. I have I've had three abortions in my past and they were all necessary. So mm -hmm. um, if I did not have those, who knows where I would be at mm -hmm. this time in my life. Yeah. So um, it's very important that we stand up for the rights for everyone who might suffer the same kind of uh, decision. Decisions are hard sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. I'm glad we, I, we all have to stay up to date on that because 
it's terrifying what's happening. So thank you for, for reading up on that and staying up to date. Um, I'd love for everyone to know like who you are, what your background is, like what kind of sums you up as a person? Well, as a person, I'm goofy and serious. I like to call myself, um, I guess, what's a, um, pretty reckless because I am both pretty and I'm kind of reckless. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a barbarian at heart and in my ancestry. Um, I'm a current, I, I do comedy. You can yeah. find me, especially up in the Pacific Northwest and go by Seda Gray. Um, my name's actually Seda Garcia. I was adopted. My family's Mexican. Um, that just means my boiled cabbage is extra spicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's me. I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm, some people would say walking contradiction because they like being simple. And as simple as I am living my life, it's, uh, I confuse people and I'm happy to do so. I love that. <laughs> One of my favorite things is making people uncomfortable. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but like Absolutely. playfully, not in like a, you know, an asshole kind of way, you know, I yeah. guess depending on the situation, but yeah. So uh, I love that. Well, so you're a comedian, but you're also, you identify as a sex worker as well. I absolutely do. I do not uh, work in sex work anymore, but I definitely had that past. It was a survival for me. I started off very young, mm-hmm. um, but I uh, survived off of sex work all throughout my 20s. I'm in my late 30s now, and I grew up on stage and talked about I was a hoe and a stripper. I did um, a lot of things. I did phone sex for a while. That was a trip. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I I don't shy away from my history. Right. So you talk about it on st- on stage as a comedian. Is that what you mean? I do. Yeah. How was that received by your audience? You know, it depends on the audience. And I've been doing it long enough where there's there are a few followers that come to see me because of it. I have a few friends out in LA who are just waiting for me to come out there and get booked because. They are either um, advocates or sex workers themselves. And I'm trying to see if we can put something together down the LA area here, um, hopefully in the next year. But um, definitely I'm received well. Um, and then there are times where I wonder what's going to people's heads when they talk to me about my subject. Like okay. censorship is there. Like, you know, you really shouldn't be proud of that. I said, well, I shouldn't be ashamed of it either. I'm still walking these streets, which is, I'm sure what you didn't expect to see. And what are they expecting to accomplish with a comment like that? Like, That's a good question, right? I'm pretty sure we're going back to the fundamentals of silencing certain types of voices. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there are times where I kind of feel like, wait, what is happening? This feels backwards to me. Like, it feels like steps backwards. Is that Absolutely, what you're- yeah. 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 Where have you noticed that, like, through your work? Uh, I have definitely noticed it in um, more either religious areas. I've noticed it in white prestigious areas. I've noticed it in um, even uh, when I go to some urban clubs, which is just the technical term for, like, a black club, right? Like, uh, I get told or I get sneered at that, you know, they don't like what they're hearing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We exist. We exist for a purpose. We exist as people. 
when and you I'm say, not going to be shut down. Right. And when you say club, you mean comedy clubs? Comedy clubs, correct. Right. Yeah, I'm currently only working in comedy clubs. I will work in a strip club if I get booked. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I... Uh... I find it very interesting because there's there's not a lot of comedians. Can you think of any other comedians that are um, former sex workers that are outspoken about their past on stage? Um, uh, does Jack the Stripper count? Is she t- she's a comedian? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if she does stand up regularly. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, actually, I have no idea if she does stand up regularly. I'm just accustomed to seeing her cartoons. But yes, yeah, she definitely she definitely counts. Duh. <laughs> I have not met any other former sex workers that go up and say, "Hey, guess what I used to do?" You know, if they right. do, if they were former sex workers, they keep it kind of hush hush. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, I am the only one that I know. Okay. Have you ever met any other comedians that are like? Hey, I used to do sex work too. Like, that's so cool that you do. Like, has that ever come up? Yes. Really? Yes, absolutely. I won't out anybody, of course, course. but there are definitely people who are like, yeah, you know, there's a couple times where I've had to do something, something of some sort of one way or another, you know? And then there's people who straight up say, well, I don't have to hell anymore. I'm a wife. So now that's all I have to do is have sex with somebody I don't want to. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, Somebody was trying to joke with me. Yeah, and so I'm not. I'm not officially a hoe, but I am a wife, and I'm tired of my husband. Wow. Oh wow, that's yeah. It's kind of rough. Sorry, yeah, guys. it is rough. That's a little mm-hmm. sad. So I, I'm noticing, and <clears throat> um, and I'm sure the audience is noticing that you're using the term hoeing, which brings me to, um, <clears throat> you know, your your different styles of sex work that you've done in the past and the differences between them, um you know, between full service sex work and stripping and wondering Mm -hmm. if you could kind of tell us your experiences of what the differences are like and um, like how that sort of shapes you now in your communication about your past work. You know, when I was dancing, you know, we either say stripping or dancing, or at least where I was, that's what we did. And uh, everybody in the club was a girl. So they're like, did you talk to the other girls about this? Or did the girls know about the new DJ? Or, And the tone was different. So language in a club, strip club versus on the streets are vastly different. Like, um, I say home and on stage. I say home when I refer to the actual work I used to do. When I was a dancer... I would say dancer. I wouldn't care if somebody said stripper, but I would say dancer, and I would refer to the other club, um, the other entertainers as girls. I don't like calling everybody girls. I don't like assuming, you know. And right. we're all just doing a job, period. Mm-hmm. So um, there is a huge difference I notice between not only between like sex work, or like excuse me, stripping and straight out full service, but where you go in a club too, like region language changes because I did travel when I was a stripper as well so um it just varies and I kind of had to learn new languages and new dialects wherever I went yeah yeah and do you notice that you know one of the things that we talked about when we chatted last week was um you know the whore phobia that we 
witness within the strip clubs um, from even other fellow sex workers slash strippers about, um, you know, other workers that do more than others or other workers that say like, go out with a customer and do X, Y, and Z. Um, what's been your experience with, you know, that sort of clash of some dancers not liking other dancers to do extras and like sort of overcoming your own whorephobia? Yes, I definitely had whorephobia too. And it was so weird that I did because I started off full service. Uh, it was rough when I started, but then I was like, okay, I don't have to do this anymore. And I went into stripping and I felt like I left that part of me behind, but then I went right back into full service. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I definitely had horophobia when I was in the club too. And part of it is the mentality of like, oh, well, we don't do that here. We only do lap dances. And um, I don't know. There's just so much to say about that because just because you don't provide an oral service doesn't mean you don't, you know, sell the person on the idea of it possibly happening in the booth to get people in. And I've seen a lot of variations of all that. And I just mm -hmm. really think that we got to watch out for each other because we're all on the same spectrum of being social trash. Right. right? Yeah. Um, your variable shouldn't be based on where I am. Right. So I find it interesting that you started off at full service, went to stripping, and then we're still dealing with whorephobia. Have you been able to reflect on that and like kind of find, you know, sort of a, an internal explanation for that? I don't know if internal explanation is just a way of like dismissing the fact that previous thoughts caused harm to myself and other people, you know, like mm -hmm. actions, behaviors, but I definitely did have a chance to reflect on it over the years multiple times in different mm -hmm. ways. And I haven't always been on the same page with it. Like it's yeah. changed, right? Um, like I said, when I, I started off super young, if I look at it and I really tell you what age I was, I was probably 13 when I was exchanging sex for safety with boyfriends. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, there's that. And then once mm -hmm. I was old enough to officially work in the club, I absolutely did do that. Um, I felt like I was safer, that I, I was somehow above people who were doing what I had to do to survive. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Um, mm -hmm. If people are in that situation like I was, that's, that's, a huge, that's a huge social problem. Yeah. I mean, I know for me where I sort of reckoned with it, and I guess what I meant by the word explanation is like, well... I kind of figured out like, oh, this is what was happening to me. And this is, this was based on my understanding of this. And, and a lot of that had to do with, you know, whorephobia being projected on, well, all of us, quite frankly, but I'm speaking for myself, having, having had whorephobia projected on me from outside sources. And then mm -hmm. like feeling like, <clears throat> like, like they were somehow right you know, and, and, and I knew that they, I know now that they weren't, but at the time feeling like, well, they have a point, you know, based on these like constant messages from society of, you know, what I was doing was bad. And therefore, if anyone did more than what I was doing, they were like worse than me. 
which I obviously don't believe right. at all. Yeah. Because of what you were doing was technically legal as a dancer, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I was in a privileged situation. Yeah. yeah it was technically legal and mm-hmm. yeah. So doing anything work in my, and I'm using quotes here, doing anything, you know, more than stripping um, to me was like, well, at least I'm not doing that. And that's how I like reconciled with myself at the time. And of course, now I look back on it. I'm like, what? (laughs) What? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're just projecting your own insecurities and bullshit on other people. That's how I've, yeah, come to terms with it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to say it's a form of elitism. Yeah, that's a really, yeah, it's a good one. And it's just like, um, I was on the street, I was on the stroll when I was doing full service at some point, and then I was also escorting, so I would get called working through the company. Mm. And there's even elitism between that as well. Like, um, it's, we just, I just want to at least acknowledge that, if nothing else, we're all in the same industry as sex workers. Why is there such a difference as to the services we provide? I don't know. Absolutely. No, I agree with you 100%. There's not very much of a difference. There's not. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that you mentioned to me is that one of your goals is to, to demolish the dead hooker joke. Do you, would you like to Absolutely. elaborate? Yeah. Uh, this might be a trigger for some so please be forewarned but when i was younger like i said i started off at at 13 if you consider that i was basically sleeping with boyfriends i can have a safe place to stay i thought i was going to be dead in the trunk of a car that i grew up in the 90s too where that was like the uh the storyline for movies and whatnot and a lot of older comedians male comedians uh would talk about having a dead hooker in the back of their their car or whatever and I um thought that was going to be me for so long I know I'm not the only hell out there yeah there's so many of us we look all different we have different abilities different shades different attitudes different languages but there's so many of us and some some of us aren't even like um official full service or prostitutes we just are doing what we need to do to survive and we might not be in the sex work industry but we are definitely working in some sort of trade and um there are so many of us out there and so many of us don't have um, the attitude or the voice or the ability even or anything like that to actually speak up and seek out help if we need it or whatnot. So if maybe I can make you like me, you'll stop wanting to kill people like me, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you talk about that in any of your shows? Does that come up or? Absolutely it does. I mean, I have... So I talk about being a hooker and being on the street. I talk about, uh, like, I talk about what it was like to start off kind of young. But I also have to play into about how good I was at my job. And you're not allowed to talk about how good you are <laughs> at yeah. these kind of things because they're not what you should be proud of. And I and I talk about it, what I used to do with pride. And I don't focus on a lot of the negative. I focus on the stuff that people are like, oh, I bet she does this real good. I'm like, yeah, I do. But you wouldn't know that because I just checked my demo and you're not in it. And, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm actually just drawing a blank here, but uh, I'm also a child of immigrants. Like, my biological mom immigrated from Europe, and I was raised by immigrants who came here from um, Mexico. 
So I'm my biological mom's anchor baby. And I took that. <laughs> I like telling people stuff like that that gets them mad because they forget that not all immigrants are brown or black, you know? Right. And so we're just going back on that topic about pissing people off. I'm like, I like, I like pissing people off for the right reasons. Yeah. <laughs> we went off a little bit there. But yeah, I, I will say something and get somebody upset Yeah. on purpose. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I so you know, and um, you did a podcast recently where you were yeah. um, you were asked to talk about your your sex work experiences, um, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of focus on the negative aspects of um, your work, our work. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do you have any stories or memories that you can share that are good because I find that all too often through via the media um, or, or through outsiders that don't really understand our work that they do want us to focus on sort of like the traumatic scandalous <laughs> parts yeah. of our job. Um, so I wanted to flip that script with you and, you know, give you space to share some positive memories and or stories about your past as a stripper, absolutely. Yeah. Um, when I was traveling, I actually had a good uh, friendship with a few different uh, entertainers, and I was happy to do that and happy to build that and have somebody understand what it's like yeah. and all the stress that comes with it. Uh, one of the big things, too, between being a stripper and being a prostitute is uh, being a stripper, you have to be up on your physical game at all times, right? You got... I remember putting zit cream on my ass because I didn't want somebody saying something just in case. I didn't have a pimple on the butt problem, you know? Yeah. But just in case somebody opened his mouth, I didn't want to have to kick somebody in the face because I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, um, I was happy to have uh, the friendships that I had while traveling, while, um, while dancing. And actually it allowed me, stripping allowed me to really be comfortable with the feminine side of myself and fully come to terms with my identity as a femme. Mm. and all that because um you know i uh with my upbringing nothing was really direct nothing was really explained mm-hmm. and being feminine was kind of shameful somehow but women were supposed to be weak and whatnot and being able to hang around like hang around entertainers that were just so fuck you like you don't tell me what to do and still so feminine when they did it like it was my first example of what true feminine strength really was. And I'm, I'm really happy I had that opportunity. Yeah, that's great. How, where, where did you travel when you were stripping? What, what type of places did you go to or areas? I started off working in California. I'm from the Bay. I'm a Bay Area girl uh, or person. Uh, and um, I traveled. I went down. I worked in um, LA brief stands. I, I went across, I went uh, east, and I ended up in uh, New Mexico for a long time. I worked out in New Mexico. I worked only on the east, or excuse me, the west side of Texas. I never got to Dallas. Dallas, I guess, has uh, sheriff licenses to be a stripper out there. Oh, I, yeah, I won't, I've never danced there. I wouldn't know. Yeah, you have to go to a police station and register yourself and ha- get a license from a police station to dance. At least that's how it was before. And there was no way I was going to do that. Like Vegas, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, but at least Vegas has buckets of money, you know? But yeah. Um, yeah, I was just 
Uh, I never danced Vegas. I went to Vegas plenty of times, and I actually never danced Vegas, but I have worked Vegas. And um, where else did I go? I, w- I was in Pennsylvania for a short stint. I, I've been all over uh, Chicago, even. Nice. Wow, yeah. that's a variety, for sure. Mm-hmm. Where, where in New Mexico? What club? If you don't mind, what club in was it, or at least city? It was always Albuquerque. The, when I was there, the entire population in New Mexico had like uh, 1 million people. Mm-hmm. My home city had like 14 million people. So uh, <laughs> Albuquerque is the biggest uh, city in New Mexico, or it was when I was there. So I just primarily danced in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. I danced, mm-hmm. a, I featured at the Spearmint Rhino in Albuquerque. Yes, I remember that place. It was it was crazy. Um, yeah. I think they shut down though, didn't they? Yeah, they those? did shut down like, I don't know how many years ago, but it's been years at this point. And yes. I, I happened to be there during the same week of um, like their hot air balloon festival. So <laughs> it was so incredibly yeah. stunning. Every time I went outside, there were just like, thousands of hot air balloons in the air it was gorgeous yeah it's amazing there's only two places in the world where those uh, take off and it's because of the shape of the earth and one is albuquerque and i think the other one's in like uh somewhere in france who knew i had no idea that's how they chose those spots the earth is perfectly yeah. shaped in this area like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> balloon fiesta park is where it always happens in New mexico absolutely mm-hmm. that's that's so That's so interesting. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's Stripper Tips. Stripper Tips from Stater. Don't underestimate the power of baby wipes. Ever. They're necessary for everything. I love baby wipes. I still have baby wipes everywhere in my house. Like for like a little quick body wipe down at work and stuff? Yes, for a wipe down, for a quick clean, for even some makeup smudges for yeah. just personal hygiene in general. Um, if you have dogs, use baby wipes to wipe off your dog's paws when they come back in the house, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, keep them in your purse. Uh, if you don't have hand sanitizer, baby wipes is another good thing to have. Oh, I didn't realize that baby wipes mm-hmm. doubles as hand sanitizer. That makes mm-hmm. sense because it helps keep babies clean. So It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a uh, soft on your skin, because you on your skin. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. Do you have a doppelganger and have you ever met them? Yes, I've seen uh, four bitches in my life. Excuse me, I have 10 <laughs> bitches a lot. Uh, <laughs> I've seen four people in my life then I was like, is that me? Like, it actually <laughs> caught me off guard a couple times. One was in a photo in my hometown, because back in the day in high school with friends, you would go and take pictures, like, right after school and get all your, you know, group of friends together and smash your heads together for these photos, right? Yeah. And the first one we saw was in a photo album, and we were like, who is this person? Do you know him? And the guy points across the counter, like, me. I'm like, this isn't me. And it was like the first time I was young. Um, another time, bitch cut me off in traffic and we just kind of looked at each other and gave each other the same like the fuck kind of look and like at the same time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> another time I was uh, sitting at a Walmart in Albuquerque with my cousin's daughter 
and uh, she like snaps the, the side, snaps back at me, and then stands up, snaps around entirely. And I'm thinking we're about to fight because that's what she does. Because <laughs> 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 the situation. So I snap around and I'm like, oh shit. And the person that we're both looking at is like a foot and a half taller than me, but like same hair color, same general body build. And she just got somewhere to go. And I'm like, yeah. that's, that's how I walk. Um, yeah, there's, there's one other time recently, but it was more like she was, that person was a mom. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I didn't, I did not make that life choice. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. You have a lot. I had like, I did. Yeah, but I'm also real. If you look at look at me, a real general, like I can I can phase in and out of crowds pretty easily, and I use that to my advantage. Yeah, that was such a great answer. I love it. Okay, this one's a little weird. Who would you rather sleep with, Albert Einstein or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, um, Einstein, because um, he would know when to just give up. I think. <laughs> Because he's like hella smart. <laughs> he's hella smart. Yeah, it's not working. There's nothing I can do here. I'm like, I agree. Let's go to bed. Let's go to sleep. Okay. Um, then I'm sleeping with him, right? <laughs> he was actually handsome as a younger, at least on the TV show that of the actor that played him. He was handsome. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't know what Albert Einstein looked like when he was younger. <laughs> he was a goofball. He was an intelligent goofball. That's why. Like, I am an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, but I look at him now. And I'm like, well, I'm actually a fan of bodybuilders. So I know a lot of the working and what's going on there. And I was like, mm, Einstein. Got it. Got it. Good answer. In two to three words, describe how you feel about brunch. Oh, God. I wish I could actually have that group of people where I can be part of that annoying group where we're just like, oh, my God, I'm listening to my mouth. Was, you know, <laughs> um, I actually enjoy brunch very much. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Enjoy brunch. Got it. When you're not working, do you wear heels or not? And why or why not? I love the way heels make my ass look. Um, but I will wear my sliders everywhere. And so I have to get up on stage or wherever I'm showing up with heels. And then it's like once I'm done showing up, back on with the sliders I go. You know. Okay. So it's like performance gear whether it's at the comedy club or at the actual club. Yes, I have not given up on my um, eight-inch stilettos, by the way. I still wear them from time to time, even on stage. Okay, yeah. I Wait, on um, on comedy stages, you wear eight-inch stilettos. On comedy stages, absolutely. Dude, that is so cool. That is so rad. I'm sure people are like, I'm sure there's like comments or you have, like you acknowledge them or anything or you just don't. You're just like, fuck it. Oh, absolutely. My favorite statement ever is when I had a, had a, when I had a heckler and I was wearing my, um, my black patent demonia, demonias, as I say them, I guess they were the ankle booties. They had like six straps on, on the ankles. You know the ones I'm talking about? Yeah. Those are my go-tos. And I was on stage and somebody gave me a heckler and I'm like, you just want me to step on me, don't you, sir? Yeah. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Because I was in, I was in character that night. Yeah. Well, I don't know what's up with hecklers. What's their deal? It's so rude. I enjoy hecklers. I don't enjoy that they generally exist or anything like that. Because some of them are just assholes, right? Yeah. But um, I enjoy hecklers because I'm I'm that bitch who will just snap back. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're also fucking funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that no one heckles you too bad because I just think that that is so crappy. So here's to always having funny hecklers in your audience. Um, Before we get into all the things you're up to, because I know you want the audience to know about some things, I'm just going to gently remind everyone that we love getting your donations. So thank you so much for those of you who have donated in the past. And if you haven't donated yet, you know, $5, $20, one thousand dollars whatever you feel comfortable with we will gladly accept so that we can pay the people that work and show up on this show you can go to paypal.me forward slash yes a stripper podcast so Seder, can you let everyone know what you want everyone to know about you can also find me on uh, venmo and cash app either way i'm Seder g and you can spell that s-e-i-d-r-g um, so besides that, you can also find me on Instagram. I'm Seder Gray there, Seder.Gray, I believe. I'm also on Facebook. I have a page there. Same thing, Seder Gray, G-R-E-Y. Um, and I think the last thing I wanted to bring up was the Queer, Queers and Aliens podcast I'm trying to put together. Mm, is that the time for that now? Absolutely, that's the time. Yeah. We, yes. Uh, so I've been trying to find voices for the Queers and Aliens podcast. I'm working on it with another producer and Queers and Aliens is a storytelling pa- platform that exists to tell the stories of the queer, the immigrant, and the people of color, those communities. And you don't have to be all three. You do have to be at least two. So if you, it, it doesn't matter how you identify as long as you are a queer, an immigrant, or a person of color please reach us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then there's queersandaliens.com. We are currently looking for more voices. We have a few episodes in queue. They are currently with the producer. And if you have a story to tell, please do so. Okay, great. I'm so excited for you. And it sounds like you're working with some other folks. It's not just you. Correct. Yes, I'm working with at least one other person for Queers and Aliens. Um, there are other projects coming down the line. Follow me on social media to see what's happening and where my tour dates are. Uh, excuse me. There's no tour dates to announce uh, current time, but stick with, <laughs> stick with me so you can find out where my shows are. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for Thank spending you. your time and sharing your life um, I, and for reaching out. I just, I love meeting new people and new sex workers, like, you know, fellow sex workers and learning about each other. I think it's really important. And um, I'm really on this solidarity tip these days. So um, I appreciate you and and your knowledge and your, um, your sharing. So thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for providing this platform. It's amazing. Okay. Awesome. I'm so glad you like it. I'm so glad people like it. It's been very heartwarming. Thank you to everyone out there for listening and for tuning in every Wednesday. We'll see you on our next episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. This episode has been a production with Period Podcast Network. Find out more on Instagram at Period Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram too at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Please like, subscribe, and rate Yes, a Stripper Podcast here on YouTube. See you next week.
And that's on period. Network. <laughs>